Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you will learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Top Advisor Podcasting, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now, your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast we are going to talk to a fellow marketer today. Now, this is going to be super fun because it's neat when every marketer does something just a little bit different. And so, you know, if you don't decide to work with us or your marketing person down the street, maybe you will find something that Jillian Bannister, who's the CEO of Extension Marketing, says today. And you'll be like, yep, finally, I finally found the marketing person that we want to work with. Because here's the deal. It doesn't matter who you choose. You just have to choose a marketing person and get somebody in your corner. And the cool thing about what Jillian does, and the reason why the company is called Extension Marketing, is because they've set themselves up as the extension of your team, which I think is super cool. So, Jillian, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Happy to be here. All right. Uh, A couple of quick things. First off, I ask everybody the same question on the beginning of the podcast, uh, which is, I want to know your history. Like, how did you start Extension Marketing? You know, tell us a little bit about your your journey in financial services. Would you mind uh, starting there? Yeah, no problem. I started, I was working in financial services for many years on the client side, you know, with my, my a colleague of mine and, and I, we identified this white space in the market where anytime we wanted to outsource to a firm that, or an agency about a product launch or um, a white paper, we just couldn't find an agency who really understood the products, the services, how things are bought and sold, the conversations between advisors and and investors. We couldn't couldn't find those people out there. So we decided to jump in to that white space. um, And we did that 11 years ago, both leaving our client-side jobs and um, built this little agency. And now we're about 28 people with some really, you know, with technical writers, some CFA level, um, and a creative studio producing lots of material. Cool. Well, let, let's, uh, let, before we get into the three trends that you're seeing, let's talk about the creative studio. I just had the opportunity to interview a guy who was uh, approved on LinkedIn to do um, LinkedIn Live, which was, by the way, very hard to get. And he's really, really good with video. What What sort of media are you producing and can you produce for our audience? Yeah, well, that's changed a lot over the past uh, 10 years. I mean, it used to be, you know, PDFs and papers <laughs> and uh, print-related stuff, as you remember, I'm sure. And now, you know, we're seeing um, digital, digital, digital. So video, but short video, LinkedIn posts. LinkedIn is like the best platform that we've seen um, for, for financial advisors. And blogs, people are still blogging, sharing. I mean, it's become a digital world, so we're doing a lot more content in that sphere. One of the things I say on this podcast all the time is uh, the opening to to this book that I'm writing, uh, which is communication is fundamentally changed. You have to communicate to your clients and prospects in the medium they prefer while they're there. And I love that you just... complicated. <laughs> it is. It really is complicated. And But what you have already identified is something that we hear a lot on the podcast, which is... LinkedIn is really, that's the professional place to be. If you're going to prospect and you're really looking for that fellow professional, whether it is to outsource, to be an extension, to uh, to prospect, uh, LinkedIn is a very, very powerful tool. It is. And, you know, a, a year ago I was at a conference and, um, you know, uh, 
someone in the in the social media space was saying Facebook was starting to edge up, but uh, I really haven't seen that. I know financial advisors do use Facebook, and it is a, a good distribution channel, but hand over, you know, time over time, we keep on seeing that LinkedIn is deliver, delivering better results. Let's talk about these three trends. So I love it when I talk to other marketing people and they say, you know what, these are the things that I'm seeing that are working and, and not working so that our audience can glean, you know, the best of the best thinking and the most current thinking. So Jillian, what, what are you hearing right now? Well, you know, marketers always pick three. <laughs> things in three are easy to remember. Yeah. So um, there is, you know, method behind the madness of picking three. You know, the first thing that we really, and, you know, we're a, we, we, our roots are in content. Yes, we have a creative studio, but the way we look at things is really content first. Um, and today that's, you know, really works because everything is about creating content that maps back to your brand. And your brand is ultimately, you know, what you are selling is a relationship business and, you know, you've got to be authentic. You've got to be uh, out there as well. So we've created this little catchphrase called, you know, creating your content alpha. And, and that's because, you know, content is really one of the best ways to set yourself apart and show, you know, thought leadership, build credibility in the marketplace. I mean, there's lots of um, studies out there that uh, show um, you know, previously people would evaluate a business or a stock based on past performance and financial data, which is all, you know, backward looking. But today everyone is evaluating you and your business based on reputation and forward looking things. Mm. So it's a very interesting time from, from that perspective to be thinking about your brand and how you are distributing it out there and the, and the narrative that you're ultimately, you know, selling and pushing onto the marketplace. And the brand aspect, uh, which I think is one of the other trends that you're going to talk about today really is how to get in front of that reputation. It, 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 but you know, that's how I think about it. How do you think about it? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Reputation is sort of one aspect of, of brand. I mean, I think of things in sort of the tangible and the intangible and, in the old way of evaluating a brand or a stock price was really from a tangible perspective, right? Tangible balance sheet, tangible, tangible P&L, what have you. Everything today, and that has a lot to do with social media and a lot to do with, you know, uh, technology, um, is evaluating you on an intangible basis. So what does that mean? It means, you know, um, looking at you based on, you know, what are the reviews that you have out there? You know, do you have a good reputation? And there's a lot of things that ladder up to create that reputation. Do you seem authentic when you are sharing something or communicating um, out to your audiences? Those are all the things that kind of play into that, that brand development. And that's what makes it so complicated today. Um, and why brand has ultimately become more complex than just, you know, what's your unique value proposition? Sure. Um, that's just not good enough anymore. You've got to be doing something more and, and thinking differently about how you're communicating who you are out to the marketplace. So let's talk about that because that was a magnificent statement there. When you are helping a financial services professional come up with their brand, would you mind sharing maybe just some of the questions or how do you 
catalyze, get people, I don't know, kind of warmed up and moving and thinking correctly about being able to answer those bigger brand questions? Yeah, it's interesting. So we we have a very set specific process mm -hmm. to unearth those ideas because it's not always easy and natural to think like that, right? Marketers do it very naturally and easily, but it, that's just not the way everybody thinks. So we have a set set of questions that we um, ask and interview um, our clients on, tease out those ideas, and then we, you know, we we feed those ideas into a framework. So it it, it sounds very, you know, process driven, and and it is, it has to be. But what you end up getting is something that's built on, you know, real rational thinking and and fact, and it plays into a framework that you can leverage for creative execution. So I hope that's not too marketese, but um, that that's how we approach that with our clients. No, I think it's wonderful. And, and because, you know, in some industries, having that level of process and making sure that the, the user, your client understands that there's a process. We work in financial services. It's all about processes. And, exactly. you know, and so we have to be able to tailor And There are very few marketers, Jillian, who are really, truly able to one, communicate a process and allow that process to work in our industry. Yeah. And I mean, that's, you know, that's where our roots are from. I mean, everybody on our team is what I call an expat from the financial services business. So, mm -hmm. Um, we, we come from that world of process. So it's a natural thing for us mm -hmm. and our team. Uh, but I agree with you. I mean, it's a lot of, a lot of creative agencies or uh, creative thinkers, uh, process isn't always that easy to commit to and follow. But, um, but I, I would say our process, the other thing is, is it doesn't take up too much time because mm. we also know that at the end of the day, our clients, they want to be in front of their clients. They don't want to be, you know, taking a long time or exerting a lot of effort um, into that process. So we've, we've really developed some best practices around how to make it efficient as well, which is also very important when time is money. Yeah, I love that. Thank, thank you for being cognizant and showing the respect to the entrepreneurial business owners that we both work with. That this is not their bailiwick. It was a huge leap of faith for them to uh, hire somebody to help with this because, you know, what makes a great advisor doesn't always make them the greatest marketer, right? Because uh, they're generally quite controlling, which is good because I want my financial advisor to be there. They're highly detail-oriented, and a lot of times they think very black and white. So it's a yeah. big step, right, for them to uh, hire somebody like us to to help them uncover really what makes them truly unique and different. So we started off with the three trends. So So content alpha, right? We yep, just talked a little bit about the brand, one. right? Yep, and then yep. what, what's what's the third one? Well, I, you know, today, and this, again, ties into, you know, uh, social media and change and how we do business um, today in this modern world. And that is the whole notion of marketing to communicating with specific targets. And so by that, I mean, you know, the millennials. We see a lot of institutions and financial advisors um, trying to crack that millennial code. And the interesting thing about millennials, just as an aside, is you know, now we're reading a lot more. It's not just about millennials. How do we engage with them? It's the subsets of millennials. Some millennials you know, have become more affluent. Some have not. Some 
you know, there's, it's, it's really like a dissection of these personas. And millennials is quite an interesting one because there was, you know, as you probably remember, so much hype about tapping into this market and how do we communicate with these, you know, these, these people. And they've evolved and changed too. So there's a lot there in mm-hmm. terms of figuring out how you're going to create a communication plan, an approach to these segments, and in some cases, segments. Another area that is huge, you know, hugely popular and becoming you know, a, a, a huge source of attention for a lot of FAs is women. And that's another one that's, that's ultimately, uh, you know, people are, you know, women are, are making more money and they're becoming more control of, you know, of, of their own finances and investments. All that data has been out there for a long, long time. I think today we're also trying to figure out what's the right approach and, you know, how do we, how do we tailor our conversations and the stuff that we're putting out and frame, frame it. So these unique target audiences, um, it's relatable to them because as you said at the beginning, people want to see what they want, when they want, how they want. Mm -hmm. So they're they're that's their you know frame for evaluating what you're delivering out to them. So again, it makes things more your every financial advisor's practice just becomes so much more complex um, from that standpoint. But again, you know I think that speaks to the fact that you really do need to think um, strategically about your communication plan and what content you're focusing on and what you're putting out and to whom. I love the idea of having a very specific target. Somebody said this somewhere at some conference longer ago than I'd like to mention, but (laughs) what most advisors do is they'll go out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean with a net and they throw the net out and they hope they're going to catch what they, they want, right? Which a lot of times for them is whales and I'm air quoting there. But if you know who you're hunting, right, you know, where you're hunting them, what they want to eat or, you know, what they're going to consume in our situation makes hunting a lot easier. Something that you said is that we were uh, kind of prepping for the podcast today is when it comes to millennials and it comes to other sorts of niches or targets or segments, you talked about socially responsible investing. Would you mind spending a little time talking Mm -hmm. about that? Because we've had some really great uh, SRI people on the podcast in the past. And they were very, very well received because I think so many people want to understand that there are ethics and morals and you know things that are in line with their value systems out there that that the clients and advisors can invest in, and that does really separate you from the advisor down the street. Yeah, and that's interesting because uh, you know, and I just want to go back to something that you mentioned earlier about having a focused target. You know, marketing, oftentimes people think about marketing, oh my gosh, how can I say everything all in one, mm-hmm. you know, pitch? The trick about marketing is what you're not going to say. What are you going to cut and leave on the editing room floor? And what are you really going to hone in on and focus on? Because people, you know, they're not going to be able to take in everything. And then it just becomes like Charlie Brown's, you know, teacher speaking, if, um, if you're saying too much. So I just wanted to state that because I think that supports this idea of really having a focus and being able to make and not being afraid to to make that decision and say, I'm not going to, you know, spend my time thinking about how I'm going to communicate with this group. I'm going to focus on this and this other group. And I think that's really essential for success in this business. 
But back to the, the ESG SRI, it's again, another segment, you know, it's not demographically oriented, but it's, it's a preference oriented. I mean, we know, we know from studies out there that investors are looking for, and, and actually, in fact, women and millennials, funnily enough, fall into that category. They are interested in ESG and socially responsible investing um, ideas and, and products uh, and solutions. And we also know that the big bottleneck, actually, from you know the sale of of that take of that taking place, or the real momentum of of ESG products being sold, is advisors not knowing how to sell them mm. and really stumbling on that sale because you know think, talking about they're always thinking about performance mm. and having those traditional arguments. But we've we've done a lot of work actually with a few advisors who have said, you know, I want to convert my book. Uh, we worked with one actually, you know, last year. They converted eighty million dollars of assets in mm. a six period by focusing their message, focusing their story, and focusing their work effort and their operational office around switching those off those those assets over to to ESG. Mm. And and this you know advisor has built a huge sort of uh, brand around that now. So it is it is a it's a it's definitely a trend. It's something that everybody has to think about. Now, not everybody wants to convert their whole book. They don't think sure. that that doesn't make sense, and that's fine. But if you know, if you need help thinking through that strategy, because that is a very big strategic question, well, we, we certainly would love to, to help and have a conversation around that. My last big question for you today is, and somehow... Something you just said triggered this, and I honestly don't think, Jillian, I've ever asked a fellow marketer this question, which is, so it, so that office specifically, right? So they, they made a big sales process, communication point, branding change. How long does it take for somebody to implement and to establish a brand after you help them create it? I mean, mm. it, I mean you've done a bunch of these, right? And it's not one of those things. And I want our audience to listen, you know, you invest a, a usually a nice amount of money because it's absolutely worth it because it changes everything. And, and advisors sometimes think that, well, I got a new website, new logo, new talking points, new blah, 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 new social media profiles. And then everybody immediately is going to go ahead and understand. Do you have an, uh, can you give a range maybe uh, for our audience to say, okay, so if I, Jan one, if they hire you at extension marketing to go ahead and, and rebrand them, by the time that it, it's pervasive and understood within their client base and their centers of influence, do you have any sort of guidelines on that? Well, that is a very good question, Matt. I mean, the, the fact is that today, content, brand, it is a commitment. And it doesn't exactly how you described. Just because you have a new website doesn't mean a lot. You need those. I would think of those as like, you know, the foundation of your house something like that, but it's really a set of building blocks. Timeline, uh, you know, we look at LinkedIn strategies and, we, you know, what the reports are saying out of, out, of, out of social media. And, you know, people are generally saying you need a good, you know, six to nine months in market to start seeing some traction. Now, start seeing some traction, there's certain, you know, uh, breadth there, but 
it, it does take time. I mean, I think a realistic expectation for a firm would be a year in market before, and then you take some measurements and you see what's working, what's not. The other thing we really try to educate um, advisors on is this whole notion of test and learn. Mm. It's not a natural thing again, um, because back in the day, I mean, you know, you put out a brochure, there's your brochure. There's no A-B testing there. But the world is so much more dynamic and fluid today. So, you know, you put out a LinkedIn message with this headline and you put in a LinkedIn message with that headline, A-B, you're going to get different results and you need to measure against that and figure out what is connecting or resonating with your target audience more. So we, you know, it's this test and learn kind of idea that I also think people need to understand and be willing to try. Um, but ultimately, it comes down to to the word commitment. I love A-B testing. Uh, we do A-B testing all the time here, uh, personally, in-house. Uh, we've done some A-B testing for for our clients. That That's actually not what we specialize in. But it's so, it's like real time, Jillian. Like, I can yeah. see who's clicking where uh, right then and there. I just think it's amazing. And so many of the things that people used to pay these yeah, I'm going to use Mad Men as an example, but, you know, these <laughs> marketing companies, right? And everything was really black box, right? Nobody knew really where they came up with the stuff or any of those things. Everything is so transparent today. And all of the things that you would have to pay, you know, a Mad Men company, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars for, we can get in clicks now on social. We can Google what are the biggest hashtags? What are the biggest searched words? What are the biggest whatevers? And we have that information right at our tips. And before Facebook got slaughtered on Capitol right. Hill, the other stuff that we were able to get was amazing. And uh, from a marketing perspective, and I know everybody's real paranoid about it, but from a marketing perspective, I could place an ad directly to you who I know would value that ad. And you couldn't do that before, right? It was always... Uh, Thursday night must-see TV on NBC and Crazy Larry would get on and start screaming and yelling about his used cars, right? That's not marketing anymore. That's not branding anymore. That's You have to communicate in that medium, and I think you guys have really, really figured it out. All right. My last question for you today is if you had one piece of advice for a newer advisor or agent who's coming into this business, when it comes to marketing, what would you tell them? I would tell them to work with a professional marketing person. You know, it's hard to see the forest through the trees and working with, you know, probably an external resource to do that is, and it sounds like I'm, you know, a little self-serving, but it's not because you will spin your wheels and take a lot of time trying to figure this out on your own. And today, you know, business models, uh, today are, if it's not my area of expertise, I'm going to outsource it. So uh, I think my first piece of advice would be to find someone to work with. Absolutely. Dan Sullivan uh, recently came out with this kind of new thing, what's well, probably within the last five years, but it's, it's who, not how, right? Right. And I love that. I love the idea of the greatest coach of all time saying, you don't have to be the one who does it. You need to stay in your lane. You need to find somebody who you know can do it for you. And I think that's one of the things that we love having marketers like you on the podcast 
because they get an opportunity to get to know you. They hear your voice. They hear your energy. They hear your thought leadership. And you could very well be that who for our audience and everybody. What Jillian just said there, you have to have, you know, a a key professional in your corner that's truly going to be an extension of your team. You do it with financial, you do it with financial planning. A lot of you, you do it with uh, operations. A lot of you, you do it with your investment management. Why marketing is no different. It's just the same sort of process that you need to have in place to communicate your message so that you get the ears of the right people. So they'll walk in your door. Jillian, man, you're a rock star. I'm super excited. If anybody wants to uh, find out a little bit more about you or extension marketing, how do they reach out? Well, I'll share my email, so I would be happy to have any conversations uh, with with people who are interested. So my email, jbannister, J-B-A-N-N-I-S-T-E-R, at E-X-T hyphen marketing.com. I'd love to hear from you. Wonderful. We'll make sure that we also have a link to your LinkedIn profile and also your website in our show notes. So, uh, hey, you know what? Thank you, fellow marketer, for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. It was a great conversation, Matt. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, I don't know what you're doing because, you know, you should have subscribed, I don't know, 100 episodes ago. I'm I'm just kidding. But here's the deal. You probably know a financial services professional. And after you heard Jillian talk, you're like, you know what? I think that's the person for, for Jane or John or Joe. Just forward this to them. Say, hey, you know what? Take 26, 27 minutes and listen to what she has to say at Extension Marketing because I think we finally found the person who can help you communicate truly who you are. If you have any podcast ideas, all you have to do is email me at matt at topadvisorm, and the M is for marketing.com, or if you have any feedback, whatever, uh, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, for everybody at Extension Marketing, Jillian Bannister, and all of us here at Top Advisor Marketing, we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the Contact Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.